If you're good at something, never do it for free. Typhoon, y'all know me, and I'm coming up, just wait and see. If you're good at something, never do it for free. But if you're great at something, would you still agree? Typhoon, y'all know me, and I'm coming up, just wait and see. If you're good at something, never do it for free. But if you're great at something, would you still agree? So let me take you. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Kevin and HJ podcast. And today I am excited to have my brother live in the podcast studio, a.k.a. our parents' basement. <laughs> but I'm really excited to have Michael here in person. So, Mike, thanks for coming on again. Of course. Hello. Yeah, so if you guys, all the listeners that are listening, you'll be able to thank me for the nice sound quality this time this week, um, at least for this week, just as we have my brother on. Uh, so we're obviously going to talk NFL, talk week 11, um, of the season. There's a lot of stuff going on uh, this past week um, throughout the season. Were th- was there anything that caught your eye? I, I mean, I have a couple of things that I wanted to talk about, but um, let me defer to you as uh, your guest uh, today. Yeah, I mean, this past week in the NFL, I think we had a lot of really, really good games. Um, I mean, the obvious one is just that Chiefs uh, Rams game. Oh my God! Pe- people are saying Oof. that might have been one of the best games ever, and I think it's up there. Probably the best. I it was like I read a stat that the combined points that they scored was the third most in league history. Um, it was insane the amount of offense that was going on, but even just plays on the defensive end that um, surprised me too, like Abu Wakam. Yeah, um, two touchdowns. Th- yeah, two touchdowns for him. Um, he came up big for the Rams. So even even seeing that happen, and there was a lot of action happening, turnovers. I mean, Mahomes threw two picks, right? And yep. then ended up having maybe even three. Three picks. Yeah, that garbage time pick as he was trying to lead the Chiefs back. And then he had, like, a couple lost fumbles as well. So there was just, mm. like, a lot of interesting plays to happen i don't know where you wanted to get started in terms of talking about the game um was there any specific point that you wanted to point out or like a specific point of analysis yeah i think even though abuakam scored the touchdowns i mean it was all aaron donald there. oh my god he was he was so he was unbelievable like he he deserves his money there and you know even though it was 51 54 like the defense of the Rams here wasn't bad. Like, I think the forcing of turnovers, it really sort of changes the mood and the tide of the game. So that's, you know, even though we're seeing, like, this huge offensive burst, it's not like these defenses are, like, terrible, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you want your defense to make those game-changing plays, and I think that's what made it so exciting. Like, not only on the offense did you see some, um, you know, amazing drives, but on the defensive end, right, you just see these, like, huge sudden bursts of action, uh, where Aaron Donald like goes for a strip sack and all of a sudden it's a touchdown and and that sort of narrative and that sort of mood shift it it really adds some excitement to the game. Yeah, and it's it's pretty amazing to watch Aaron Donald's play just the way he uses his hands and as leverage and then being able to just kind of throw these offensive guards and centers just aside like tass, toss them over like they're like rag dolls basically and go after the yep. quarterback. It's extremely impressive to watch this. and then that the way they've built their line um, with Dante Fowler, the the guy they traded for, and then Dominick and Sue, and then 
who else was there? Uh, Michael Brockers as well. They have so many different guys that are on that line that they can really throw at them. So it's really hard to, I, I would say, double team them. Mm. And I think the problem for them is that they're maybe susceptible to a quick passing game um, like the Chiefs. And the Chiefs are really built around that quick pass type of offense, even though Mahomes has like a huge arm. They use a lot of like motion, especially with Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt, getting them in motion, getting them bo- getting them the ball in space mm-hmm. in order to take care uh, take advantage of their speed is something that Andy Reid seems like he's trying to do. Um, that that just seems like their offensive scheme, and then they'll just kind of send Tyreek long f- every couple plays and just kind of take advantage of Mahomes's huge arm. Yeah. I mean that's it's a winning formula though. I mean I think that formula could take them all the way to the Super Bowl, but we'll we'll have to see with Andy Reid and uh you know in the playoffs. Yeah, and I I I think that some of the towards the end of the game, some of the play calling was a little bit curious from both sides of the ball. Mm. Like when Sean McVay and that Rams offense ended up having the ball and they could have killed the game with like they had they had the ball with two minutes left mm. um, and the Chiefs had three timeouts and the Rams were super aggressive still in the way they conducted themselves on offense and then uh, throwing on first down, throwing on second down and, and basically giving the Chiefs a chance and it didn't bite them in the ass at the end, but it seemed like you have Todd freaking Gurley on your team and not to give him the ball or a chance to, he, he's been a beast this year. He's probably been like one of the top three MVP candidates. I don't know why you don't give him the ball. And th- as an ancillary benefit, the chiefs would have had to use all their timeouts and it would have been that much harder for them to march down the field. I thought some of the play calling there was a little bit, curious i mean i i could see why they would do it and say like all right let's go win the game right now yeah but you've kind you kind of seen that you don't want to give this chiefs offense more time especially with what the score was uh that night yeah i mean i I guess i don't know if you agree with that or because you can disagree with the way my thinking is but i i just felt that they didn't give the ball enough to Todd Gurley, and they did come out with the win, obviously. Mm-hmm. So they did something right, but I didn't. I wasn't sure if they were able to. They sh- I, I felt like they should have utilized him more. And I know a lot of Todd Gurley fantasy owners were a little bit pissed that he didn't take take part in the action that was going on um, on the field in terms of all the points being scored. Yeah, I mean. I think I sort of agree with you there that I think they should have, I mean, ran the ball at least one of those times. But a lot of those sort of screenplays were doing were were actually working. Ver- right, yeah, yeah, they were working really well. Like you just had a screenplay to like Brandon Cooks where you think you think it's gonna go for like two three yards, but all of a sudden it turns into like ten yard play and like they they did that like three or four times and sort of just marched through the the Casey like the Chiefs quite a few times with just mm-hmm. these screenplays. So, I mean, it's relatively safe. Uh, it, it just wasn't executed well. Like, it just wasn't caught. Um, I mean, if, if they just caught it, they still would have had to burn a timeout. And in, 
it's uh, I, I think in the mind of Sean McVay, like a better play with potential to actually get the first down. Right. And I, I mean, Todd Gurley wasn't utilized a lot in this game. Mm-hmm. But what really impressed me was Jared Goff and the way he was able to pass the ball. Yeah. Um, and he's really matured under the under Sean McVay's offense in mm-hmm. terms of being able to make some reads and understand s- certain defensive concepts and how he can take advantage of them. Yeah. Um, pre-snap and I think that's been what's really impressed me and understanding oh here's cover one this is what I need to do with the ball in this situation here Mm -hmm. Uh, I know I've man out uh, man to man coverage on the outside I'm going to give my chance like Robert Woods um, a chance to take advantage or Brandon Cooks understanding matchups and he's done a lot better of a job and could you believe like a couple years ago he had Jeff Fisher as a coach and people thought man, this guy can't produce. He's not the quarterback, the number one quarterback. And now just because of the different change in scheme and offensive fit, it, it I, I feel like it shows that, that that marriage between a quarterback and their head coach is so important mm-hmm. and how that can really help a quarterback, especially a young quarterback, um, help them s- help set them up for success. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that it's an underrated relationship, right? There's always that debate like, oh, was it you know, Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? But I think to produce the success that they need, like they sort of needed both. Right. right. I think They Tom go Brady, hand in hand. Yeah, I think Tom Brady could have done really well with a lot of other coaches, but uh, also the same thing for Bill Belichick, right? Like if Bill Belichick had like Aaron Rodgers kind of talent, I think – they do the same thing. I think if Tom Brady has like a, I don't know, like a coach like Pete Carroll or something, I don't know if the personalities fit, but that kind of caliber coach, I think that Tom Brady does just as well too. Right. And you kind of see that, that relationship forming between Mahomes and Reed on the other side of the ball Mm -hmm. uh, for KC. And I mean, watching Mahomes play is just one of the most exciting things in football this year. Just being able to see him, throw it and sling it 60 yards down the field to Tyree kill yeah. like in the air 60 yards legitimately in the air it's like so impressive and beautiful to watch him throw the ball yeah. but I think you also saw in parts of that game you take a lot of risks with Mahomes especially with um, the mistakes some of the mental mistakes that he would make in terms of trying to force balls into tight spaces because how gifted of an arm he does and he does have Mm -hmm. I think for him sometimes he feels like it's that Brett Favre syndrome in that he's like I have the best arm in the league I could throw that ball I could fit it in there in that tight window Mm. and then he ends up forcing balls where he probably shouldn't be throwing them and he ends up with a couple interceptions that ultimately costed them the game yeah Um, yeah the I know he had three interceptions, but I feel like a lot of the interceptions were sort of Flu- sort of fluky. Okay. Right? Like one time Aaron Donald has his arm and it's like an underthrown ball. The other time it's it's supposed to be the short throw. Um, mm. But, you know, the guy just sort of like taps in then picks it up for yeah, an yeah. interception after. So, I mean, f- for him to get six touchdowns and no, I, fluky yeah, interceptions. It's, it's really impressive. It's super... Yeah, super impressive. I, I guess my only counter to that is that there 
I think there tends to be a certain type of, I guess, like, it's not cockiness, but, like, assuredness in his abilities that he has hmm. that allow that makes him wanting want to make a play every single time and not take like the smart play and maybe just throw it short or just throw it out of bounds so to live for the next play Mm. because i think that was evident in him losing fumbles um during that game as well he was he coughed the ball up a couple times because he held on to the ball thinking that okay i'm gonna just try to bide bide some time and then from there i would try to he's going to try to make a like a improvi- improvisational type of play mm-hmm. and that in turn cost kc in some of these turnovers and basically didn't allow them to have um sustained possessions because he would make some mistakes i mean i'm being a little harsh here because i think he's probably along with Gurley. And along with Drew Brees, one of the top three MVP candidates. But it's I think those are the things that he's going to have to really clean up um, in the playoffs and mm. as pl- the playoffs roll around for this team to kind of go forward. Hmm. Yeah, no that that definitely makes sense, and I could see your sort of your take on his aggressiveness at sometimes. Yeah, like, and I know. love that. I love that part of it. Yeah. But but in the playoffs, I do agree that when you have all this time to sort of prep and scheme for, for one player, right? I'm not sure uh, it's going to be as effective. Right? Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, like Tyreek Hill, 10 receptions, 215 yards, Crazy. two touchdowns. Travis Kelsey, 10 receptions, 127 yards, a touchdown. Chris Conley had 74 yards and a t- two touchdowns. Yeah, this team is so athletic. Yeah, like they have just so many guys that can run with the ball. They're such speed guys that it's going to be very tough to stop this team. Yeah. And especially with the way Andy Reid schemes his offense and really is taking advantage of the outside speed, like I alluded to before, is just such an impressive thing to watch. The clock management thing is going to be like the utmost concern for <laughs> this type of for this team and an Andy Reid led team. So I think that's just one of the things to be looking out for as we kind of move on um, in these next coming weeks. Yeah, the ceiling for this team just seems higher though in in the past, right? Right. Like I know compared to Alex Smith. Yeah, Alex Smith. You're like, wow, like he could win a playoff game, maybe a wild card game, but. With this Mahomes team, you're like, wow, this this is probably probably the most explosive offense. I mean, probably even more explosive than the Rams offense, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Right? I when you have the be- one of the best offenses, I I can't say they're better than the Saints offense right now, but mm-hmm. um, you know, when you have that level of offense, then your ceiling is a Super Bowl championship. Right. right? So, out of those two teams, um, after watching this game. If you had to choose one team more likely to make it to the Super Bowl, who would you be choosing? I would say the Chiefs here. Okay, and that's kind of interesting since they did lose. Yeah, I still have the Chiefs here because I, you know, New England, the the past two teams that were in the AFC Championship, New England and the Jaguars. The Jaguars are a mess, right? Yeah, they're out of it. Yeah, they're out. New England, I, I, I can't imagine Brady and his offense trying to, you know, I, I know they beat the Chiefs before, but it doesn't look like they're going to get home field advantage. Pat's on the road. 
I I'm I'm skeptical that they could keep up with this Chiefs offense here. Yeah, I I mean they just have a little bit. I think the Chiefs are this. Sm- it's it's kind of hard to say, but I think a lot of it is New England basically resting on their laurels and their reputation. Um, it seems like there's more competition in the NFC, so mm. it, it might be a little bit of a tougher path for the Rams to move forward. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I think that the Saints are the best team in the NFL right now. Yeah, and they and they, like let's move I on favor to the them Saints. Over the Rams. Yeah, let's move on to the Saints. They that was an impressive beatdown of the Super Bowl champion Eagles, forty-eight to seven. Wasn't unexpected though. I think we no, all called w- this. I don't think it was unexpected, but I think the I think it was pretty crazy to see them rack up the points they did. I know the Eagles have been having a lot of defensive back troubles um, in terms of injuries. They've lost a lot of guys, and they, they've been really struggling through that. But Drew Brees, oh, my God. Like, he's got to be, one, like, the leader in, of the MVP race, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I think he's definitely the, the leader of the MVP race. I think it's well-deserved, though, too. And it's crazy he hasn't won one before. Yeah, and I thought he had won one, but when I was looking at his stats the other day, he hadn't won one, and he's just rolled out, like, so, like I don't know how many seasons of 4,000 yard, 4, plus yards. He's had seasons of, like, he's had at least a couple seasons of 5,000 plus yards. It's it's unbelievable, and his touchdown to interception ratio this year it's is ridiculous. insane. 26 to 1 and then he's completed somewhere like 77 percent yeah that's crazy 77 percent yeah which is just an insane number um in terms of complete and so it's not like he's like just dinking and dumping um in this pass offense like he's making legitimate throws um so it's been super impressive to see him be able to take advantage of this offense and you kind of see like um the that relationship that he has with Sean Payton and him being comfortable in that offense is really really helped him um kind of take advantage of like the different the different players in the offense because they've had a little bit of wide receiver trouble um behind Michael Thomas mm. um they just signed Brandon Marshall after Des Bryant ends up get you know tearing his Achilles for the year so that's been somewhat of a concern behind Michael Thomas who's who that next guy is going to be but they've done such a great job of utilizing Kamara and Ingram yeah. both in that offense yeah Kamara and Ingram are both pretty good pass catching backs right Traquan Smith too first round pick right like he's got the talent there I think Traquan Smith really he 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 looked really good in the Eagles game as well mm-hmm. right I think I mean I think the Saints are the best team in the NFL though right now. Wow. So over so you have them over the Rams and the Chiefs right now at I, this point. I do. I do. I think that they they should be ten and zero. I can't believe they lost to the Buccaneers at first that first game and they've reeled off nine wins, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty impressive to see them kind of kind of get it together and like they're just rolling now. And it's really impressive y- to see. Yeah, I mean they beat the Rams against Three, not not elite <coughs> teams, but great teams. Yeah, uh, like teams. pretty solid teams. Like yeah. they beat the Vikings, they beat the Bengals, they beat the Eagles. Like they took care of business pretty comfortably in all mm-hmm. these games, right? I I just feel like 
you know, we're still not in the playoffs yet, but right now they are the most informed, I'd say. Right. And then kind of switching it over to the Eagles Eagles team that got beat down by by the Saints. Mm. I mean, do they have a shot at the playoffs or I don't I, think so. Like it's looking a little bit slim for them to be able to kind of even make the playoffs to defend their title um unless there's some type of crazy run that Carson Wentz goes on that um Nick Foles had last year it just seems like they're gonna have to outscore teams now especially with a lot of their secondary being hurt and I don't know what it is but it just seems like they haven't had it this year in comparison to last year I mean a lot of people are pointing to like that Super Bowl slump um post Super Bowl slump I, I mean, I don't exactly know what to point the problem at for this Eagles situation. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if you have any, if you can like illuminate <laughs> like what the problem might be in this situation, but I'm not exactly sure what to point at other than just bad injury luck this yeah. year. I think it's bad injury luck, but also Carson Wentz has not, he hasn't really looked. Quarterback controversy. Yeah, he, he hasn't really looked the same. <laughs> no, he hasn't. No. He hasn't looked the same. Uh, and you know, to lose JJ too on offense, like your run game, they they sort of had this weird like running back by committee where, you know, first it's like this um, Adams guy, and then you have like Wendell Smallwood. Like, who is your running back? It doesn't seem like they have any kind of run game at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that secondary is just so banged up. Yeah, right? it's way. It's just way too banged up for them to even compete, yeah. um, especially th- in this passing league. Yeah, and I think last year when they had, like, Jay Jai in the playoffs, like, it gave them that sort of lead back, and then mm-hmm. you could always have that passing, like, sort of that James White-type player uh, to switch off. Right. Right, but I don't think that they have that dimension to the offense, and Carson Wentz is just sort of having to go, like, you know, like, spread offense yeah. <laughs> with, uh, you know, trying to hit, like, Zach Ertz or, like, golden tate like on every kind of play and then they're just like at 30 and 10 and don't convert <laughs> yeah and i think that's i think that's an interesting thing like seeing how jay jay kind of changed that team last year and them being a little bit more reliant on the run offense and now it's a lot of i think it's a lot of pressure on carson wentz to kind of carry this team um to be able to do um a lot more within the offense and take advantage of um I guess take advantage of his skills but not have the same running offense behind him so that they can kind of go off of play action and things like that yeah. um, and use that action. I did want to m- – sorry, did you want to say something? No, no. Let's go. I, because I did want to move on to, I think, uh, we did mention win streaks. We mentioned this other player when referencing, um, al- um, referencing um, the Chiefs uh, quarterback situation. But Alex Smith – Houston was able to win their seventh straight game. Um, I thought they were left for dead, and now they've kind of we did a spotlight on them, and they've really turned it on. But that Alex Smith injury did. Oh, I mean, I don't know if you saw. I don't know if you've seen the video of it, but the the video just looked really, really bad and disgusting. And like it, it's really disheartening to see an injury like that ever happen to play, ever happen to a player. 
But the freakiness as to I'm sure like every person has heard the stats mm. um, and the coincidences and like the freaky Fridayness of the injuries between him and Joe Theismann. But yep. like, let's look at some of the similarities. Same team. They're they were playing for the Washington uh, Redskins. The play happened roughly around the same yard line, around the 40 yard line. Um, the score ended up being 23-21 in both games. Um, they ended they ended up with 301 passing attempts um, in this to to end their season. Wow. Um, it was the same date 33 years ago. Like that is crazy. So it just that seems like it, it just sound it's just super eerie for all of those coincidences to line up where it's almost like, well. Alex Smith, I think it was like faded for the football gods, and it's just so sad to say. That but is crazy. All of those things lined that is up. A cursed franchise. I know. Due to their name, the Redskins. I know. Daniel Snyder needs to change that name oh right away. God. But it was just unbelievable for all of those coincidences to line up, and then I don't know, like. It, it didn't seem that bad at first. And then once you saw like the leg flop over, I was like, oh my God, that's so, oh, so disgusting. Yeah. So he's out for the year and Colt McCoy comes in and it, it, it was an exciting game. It seemed like Colt McCoy was going to lead them to victory. And then just Dustin Hopkins ends up, I mean, mm. granted missing like a, a long, long field goal is 63 yards, but it seems like that NFC East race gets a little bit tighter now because, I mean, they're only leading that that division by one game now um, over the surging the Cowboys. Surging Cowboys, and that's going to be an interesting game to watch during Turkey Day tomorrow. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone! Turkey uh, Turkey Day tomorrow to be able to see if the Cowboys are able to take the or tie tie for the lead in the NFC East. And it doesn't it means like the Eagles aren't necessarily out of the division yet. No. Yeah. I mean I think I think eight and eight will win this division actually. Yeah. Which is entirely possible. Like eight and eight is a definite possibility of winning this division. Yeah, I can't I can't see the Redskins you know, against the Cowboys, I'm not sure they're gonna win. Eagles, that's a toss up too. Giants also like none of these games are a sure thing. So mm-hmm. going three and three for the Redskins, they'd be nine and seven. Like that'd probably get them to the playoffs. But when you have the quarterback situation that they do, right? I think they have Mark Sanchez coming in too. It's it's not good. Yeah, definitely not great for them. Um, so that's got to be a worry. Like I had friends that my friends that um, down in D.C. Redskins f- fans, they were definitely hurt because of like all the excitement that was going on in D.C. about them possibly winning the NFC East crown. And now that's been thrown into huge question with all the injury concerns from Alex Smith. Um, but turning turning on the other side, Houston's won seven straight. And who would have thought like they've looked extremely impressive being able to grind out a lot of these wins. And I think for them to have this mentality of and they've really taken that and that AFC South division 
in control. And we're actually going to be talking about another team in that division for our spotlight team of the week. But they've really impressed me in terms of the way they looked during that game. Yeah, I mean, seven wins in a row from a Bill O'Brien team. That's incredible. Yeah, weren't, we were talking about him uh, possibly getting fired. getting fired earlier in the year because no, yeah. they started off 0-3, um, but they're able to roll through seven wins, and that's definitely a team to be looking out for. And again, not not a hard rest-of-season schedule, right? Mm-hmm. I think that they could take care of business against the Titans. Yep. They should. They should take care of business against the Titans, against the Browns, should take a, take care of business here. The Colts, you know, who knows? Uh, they'll beat the Jets, and, you know, then they're 10 wins right Yeah, there. they're, they're 10 wins, yeah. And that's got to make the wild card, at least. Yeah, I, I mean, that'll definitely, they'll probably win that division um, um, with probably 10 or 11 wins, yeah. um, the way they've looked. Now, before we moved on to our Spotlight Team of the Week, were there any other games that kind of you wanted to expound upon or talk about um, before we moved on? Yeah, just a quick shout-out to the uh, Steelers-Jaguars game. Mm-hmm. Big Ben, it seems like he he vanquished some ghosts by being able to beat this Jaguars and team. And it did not look good not to look start. Good. <laughs> he had about, like I think, like negative two points in fantasy at the half, and then um, by the end of it, yeah, he had 20. Yeah, because he was on my fantasy <laughs> team, so I was kind of like hope like i was reloading and refreshing my screen every time like what is going on is this a glitch right now but he was thankfully able to score that running touchdown and uh win them the game and uh come through in fantasy for me yeah so that was that was fun um other quick hitters yeah quick hitters any other i mean we could go through just like quick 20 seconds for each one okay packers seahawks right my my reaction here Aaron Rodgers, mm, yeah, didn't look, didn't look great. Sort of outplayed by Russell Wilson here, I'd say. Yeah, and I wonder if they're they're looking suspect to make the playoffs now. Seahawks could potentially make it. Yeah, and I that was the team that I mentioned last week uh, about having in the wild card spot, and then I was quickly convinced by you because of their tough schedule about not. I still doubt it. I don't yeah, think that it's going to be tough. It, it's a tough one. Cowboys, Falcons. Yeah. That I mean, they ended the Falcon season. Yeah, the Falcons <laughs> seem done, um, yeah. which is surprising to me. Like they're they're playing the Saints too. I think. Yeah, I think they're done. But the Falcons' offense, like you would think, would be better than this, and yeah. it's kind of surprising that they're they lost to the Cowboys. I agree. So that was a surprise. Another any other games? What other games? I mean, Giants, Bucks, thirty-eight, thirty-five. I mean, Barkley. Barkley's just. He carried my team this week um, in fantasy. Lions, Panthers, Cam kind of had costly um, turnover during that game that really costed them the game. Lions, man, weird. It's such a weird, weird team, like, for them to be able to pull out a win. To beat the Panthers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Especially because we thought the Panthers kind of had the stranglehold on that first wild card spot. Um, At risk now. Lamar Jackson debut. Um, yeah, more runs win. and yeah. passes, I think. Yeah, but he was able to shred that defense for 115 yards on the on the run game. I don't so think it's a sustainable, though. Yeah, I think it's a lot of – it's kind of like that Colin Kaepernick effect, I feel like, from a couple of years ago where he'll 
have probably a couple good games because a lot of teams don't. But he didn't look very accurate. At right, throwing. right. Like he looked very inaccurate. Right, the but ball. in that, like a lot of teams don't know how to scheme for a running quarterback because they're not used to scheming for a running quarterback in the NFL. So I think it's going to take a couple games of film to get um, on him for for some of these teams to be able to understand and scheme him correctly yeah and it's a weird running back situation gus edwards out of nowhere yeah <laughs> taking away from my <laughs> alex collins yeah. yeah so we'll talk about we'll dig right. dig into more fantasy later um broncos ending the chargers uh winning streak uh surprising i was yeah. i i thought the chargers win streak was gonna yeah. keep going on yeah and, so uh, 23 22 i was uh, pretty surprised there and then the Bears Vikings game. It looks like I called that <sighs> one and had yep. the Bears winning, um, and it was twenty five twenty. But Vikings kind of scored a backdoor touchdown to make it a little bit closer at the end of the game. Um, it, I don't know. The Bears look good. Um, Bears look good. Kirk Cousins does not look good. Yeah, Kirk Cousins did not look good in that game. Um, it, it's being reported that Mitchell uh, Trubisky might not be playing tomorrow night. Um, tomorrow during the Thanksgiving Day game. And we did allude to it in last week's Spotlight uh, Team of the Week with the Bears. It's kind of, I mean, it just seems like it's very, I don't know, the way that the, the way that the Bears, like, schedule worked out in terms of that Sunday night game and then being having to play <laughs> at noon, um, to, like, how is that even fair? Like being able to get that that amount of rest, it just doesn't seem fair. Like I'm tired. Like I'm sh- tired trying to cover the podcast or like record a podcast within a couple of days. Like I can't even imagine Horrible suiting up schedule. again in three days. Yeah, it just seems like incredible for them to be able to do that. Well, it's both teams too. <laughs> yeah, the- no, for sure. But I mean, the Bears to get. Sunday night, then the day game, the noon noon game, um, just seems like a scheduling travesty. So we'll we'll see what what kind of effect that has on them um, this week and tomorrow as we enjoy our turkey and as we uh, watch football. So our spotlight team of the week this week is a team that's been on a winning streak, and it seems like a lot of teams have been on like long sustained winning streaks. I mean, the the Chargers ended up having one. The Texans are still on one. The Saints are still on, like, a nine game, ten-game winning streak. But our focus is on, surprisingly, I think quite surprisingly, honestly, is the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Indianapolis, like, Andrew Luck has really, really been able to turn it on in the last couple weeks, and he's looked like pre-Andrew Luck, before all the shoulder stuff, before him falling on it, like during that snowboarding accident or whatever it was. Like he's looked he's looked like that MVP type of candidate that we've come to expect from him when he had that amazing year um, for Indianapolis like three or four years ago. That's an interesting dark horse potential MVP. I mean, if they... Like I, if, I mean, I don't think he he'll. Wins I don't think he'll win, but it's just, it's just an exciting like, it's just exciting to see him produce and be be able to do well, especially within like that hmm. offense devoid of talent. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, he's 
he's just returned to form. Like, looked incredible. I'm sort of surprised how, how good he's looked. Um, but honestly, we'll, we'll see. They haven't really been tested yet uh, in their win streak. They've had the Bills. They've had the Raiders. They've had the Jaguars. They've had the Titans. And, I mean, those are... <laughs> That, I mean, <laughs> not they're the not the best. Yeah, not, I mean, not the best teams. I but mean, they lost to our Jets for 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 re- I, I can't. I mean, they lost to our Jets. Like, they yeah. can't be. They can't be that good, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they can't be that great because they did lose to our Jets, but they are on like a four-game winning streak right now, and they've built up some momentum. And it's not like they have like that tough of a schedule coming up. Like they have. The Dolphins, the Jags, the Texans, the Cowboys, the Giants, and then the Titans again. Like, these these teams are teams like they – it's like a 50-50 coin toss as to who's going to win. Like, they're probably the clear underdogs in that tech, in that Texans game um, going away to Houston. But every other game, they have, like, a decent shot of winning that. Like, we can go through their schedule right now and see, like – where they end up, but it's conceivable that this team ends up um, with a wild card. With a wild card spot. Yeah, I mean, the more I look at who else is competing in that division, it's well, like mo- I mean, yeah, I, who I else is there? Like, who else is competing for that second wild card spot? Because the yeah, way so that I look at it is Patriots, Steelers, probably Texans, yeah, uh, Chiefs, Chargers. I think the Chargers get that fifth. Yep. And then after that, I mean, it's some. Is combina- it the Bengals? Is it? I Colts, I mean, yeah. The or f- is it? I can't even. Dolphins have no chance. There's like five teams right now that are sitting at five and five, probably competing for that second wild card spot. It's mm-hmm. the Titans, the Colts, the Bengals, the Ravens, and um, the Dolphins. And then the Broncos are sitting at four and six. Who knows what ends up happening? Interesting. But I, I mean, I'd put money on the Colts here. Yeah, it's especially with the schedule and the way it's looked and ha- them being able to build momentum the way they have, it seems like that's going to be they're the pick. This Dolphins game coming up this weekend is going to be hugely important for them to kind of win so that when there's potential tiebreakers later in the year, it's going to be extremely important for them to have that head-to-head tiebreaker mm. against the Dolphins. So... It all depends on like what ends up happening in these games, and then they also have the Titans uh, to finish off the year, which can be hugely important in determining which one of them makes the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, if I look at the you know remaining schedule here and just go down the list, it, it's a pretty easy schedule overall. Mm-hmm. I think that I mean I would put the Dolphins. I mean, against the Dolphins, I, I think that the um, the Colts probably have a good chance of beating the Dolphins pretty easily here. Okay, so let's go through the schedule then. So it's like Colts-Dolphins, you have the Dolphins, or the Colts in that game. Yeah, I think I have the Colts pretty comfortably here. Yeah, I think I have the Colts as well, just because they're at home. I think giving giving them that advantage, I don't trust anyone on the Dolphins either. Like, who is there to trust, really, on that team? No. Yeah. I, I'm actually surprised at how, like, they're 5-5 five and five right now. 
how the Dolphins are five and five. Yeah, we'll have to look back on uh, <laughs> on some of those wins and 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 try and get a better sense of how they got to five and five because that yeah. makes no sense to me. Yeah, yeah. All right, so the Colts Jaguars game uh, the following week. What are your thoughts on that? Hmm. I mean, I think I the I think I the Colts here as well. I think the Jaguars are gonna phone it in a little bit. Okay, so do you think that team's kind of given up on Blake Bortles or or just like overall what that team's like? I think they've given up on Blake Bortles, not just the coaches, but now the entire the defense. Yeah, yeah. It's looking like quite suspect, especially after that um, Steelers game, um, for them to be up by the amount of points they, they were up and looking like they had the game at hand and then for them to kind of give up the lead it see and and lose that game. It seems like that kind of was like the la- last nail in the coffin for this season. Yeah, and they just don't trust. They just don't trust Bortles at all, right? Yeah. Like, if you trusted your quarterback, you'd allow him to run some RPO, right? But mm-hmm. in the he's in just the, not accurate though. Yeah, in the game, like they're just like, all right, give the ball to Fournette. Yeah. <laughs> right. When there's like. Literally, like all the defenders were hedging so hard on Fournette. Like, yeah, they're loading such, the box. Yeah, he had such open, yeah, such open targets. Like, he could have ran the ball. He's a pretty mobile quarterback, surprisingly, right? Mm-hmm. But the coaches, you could tell, were just like, give the ball to Fournette. Yeah, no RPO. Super conservative. So, I mean, I think I think I have the Colts in that game as well because I think the Jaguars are kind of like, like you said, kind of have the see the writing on the wall with this team. Um, so I think I have the Colts in that game as well. Colts, Texans, I have the Texans in this game just because it's at home, but that's gonna be it's gonna be a really interesting game to watch because I think this is the one team uh, left on the schedule that the Colts have that they're facing is a legitimate team. And I think it'll be a good benchmark to see how good the Colts actually are. And especially that defense for Houston's been able to produce now and has been able to to really hold up against pretty decent offenses. And I'm I'm curious to see what types of pressure um, the Houston Texans throw at Andrew Luck and how Luck ends up dealing with um, the pressure like they've had like. I don't know if you've seen that clip of Quentin Nelson, you know, getting like screaming. Cr- yeah, basically cr- getting fined for that like yeah. hit and whatever. But it seems very it seems like they've been able to find a guy in Quentin Nelson that is able to shore up that line. Shore up that line. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean the lines looked pretty good, but I think that <coughs> I mean the Jaguars, Texans like They've been tested. I, I think against the Texans, they're probably going to lose as well. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with the Texans there in that game too. Just because when I look at the talent, <laughs> right, just like overall team-level talent, the Colts are not that talented. Yeah. Right? Like, who? I mean, their running back situation coming into the year did not look good, and Marlon Mack has kind of stepped up. Um, but he was even an unknown quantity this coming into this year. And it's almost like a travesty because of how talented Andrew Luck is. And I'm just trying to imagine Andrew Luck with, like, legitimate players around him. <laughs> it's like Aaron Rodgers all over again. Yeah, like, he has T.Y. Hilton and then, like, Jack Doyle and Ebron. Eric Ebron as his tight ends. It's just, 
you would think they if they were able to provide him with something a little bit more, this offense could be pretty crazy good. Um, it's been pretty, you know, pretty good these past four weeks. Like they put up 37, 42, 29, 38. Yeah. It's looked pretty good. And I think it all starts with the line. Like I, yeah, I'm sort of, yeah, I think them drafting Quentin Nelson was a huge pickup for them. I think that it worked out. I mean, I, I might potentially even shore up this line a little bit more mm-hmm. in the next draft. Yeah. Right. Um, maybe even try and go for that playmaker on offense at the wide receiver position. Yeah, if they could right, get... Sort of like a slot receiver. Right, someone that could work the middle of the field possibly. Exactly, like T.Y. Hill and stretches the field. You got Ebron as your touchdown <coughs> option. Uh, Marlon Mack, I, I think it's a good... I think he's a solid running back. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing special. Yeah, but you don't need anything special out of the running back position nowadays. So I feel like if they could get... No- Maybe like another pass catcher or two, yeah. then it would be really exciting for that offense to kind of be more consistent yep. and uh, with the way they played. Yeah. So, um. So two and one here. Yeah. Who d- who else do you? So Cowboys versus Colts, with the Colts being at home, who do you have? I, I gotta give it to the Colts. I don't trust this Cowboys team. Okay. Every 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 week, I'm just shocked they came out with the win. Yeah. I think I'm going Cowboys in that game. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know why. G- Garrett, Jason Garrett. I know. This is quite shocking for me. You're going to gonna regret this. Yeah, so we'll see at that game. Maybe we'll put like a side bet or something like that and see what ends up happening. Maybe I'll do like a, like someone has to do something or like eat a disgusting smoothie if someone loses. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'll kind of see. I I don't know. I I The Cowboys have kind of looked pretty decent in the way like Zeke's been running it again Dak and I mean Zeke in that defense right yeah like but, uh, yeah, I, yeah I can't okay so I it's the Colts for you. the Cowboys Giants versus the Colts I'll give it to the Colts I think I'm giving it to the Colts in that game as well and then I think this is the game that's going to determine a lot of the playoff picture. Yeah, I uh, agree. Week 17, Colts versus the Titans. I can't get a read on this Titans team at all. Like, one week they beat the Patriots. And then they put up a stinker. Yeah, and then I, I don't even think they got any points against the Ravens, too. Like, I remember the kicker having zero points for me, for me that week. It, like, literally makes no sense as Titans team. So, I... I just think that the Colts are a better team than the Titans, so I'll give it to the Colts here for the win. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, you really can't tell with this Titans team. Yeah, it's it's kind of perplexing to see what this Titans team act- like. Mariota didn't look good um, this weekend against this Colts team. Um, like Blaine Gabbert ended up coming in to kind of spell him. Like Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry, th- it's just like up in the air as to like who, which one of these players is taking the rock. Like Deion, Deion Lewis was able to produce against um, the past couple of weeks, and then he only gets ten carries um, this week. It's just, it just doesn't seem like there's enough consistency. And then all of the res- the receiving core, there isn't a consistent option. Like Corey Davis is up and down. Um, Tajay Sharp, like he's up and down as well. Like there's a lot of different dudes on this team, but they don't have like that one consistent guy that's been able to kind of carry them into 
I guess, a consistent offense. Yeah, I think I, I, I'd agree with that. I, I don't see the consistency at ten, uh, Tennessee. Yeah. I'll However, I'm going Tennessee in that game. The re- <laughs> And the reason why I'm going Tennessee in that game is because I think you could say similar things about this Colts team in that, yes, over the past four weeks, they've shown some type of consistency and that they've been able to get hot. But I don't fully trust this team because they haven't really played legitimate teams here in the past couple of weeks. They and they've looked decent, but I think I I I think I'm going Titans because of the home field type of thing. I think it's like rolling the dice here. <laughs> it's it depends whatever Titans team shows up. Right. I I'm gonna give the Colts a slight edge here. So even I, way. I basically have the Colts going three and three and probably missing the playoffs. And you have them going five and one? Correct. Hmm, that <laughs> <sound> right. <laughs> so you have them going five and one, probably, b- and ending up being ten and six to make the playoffs. I mean, they are under the radar right now. I'm. I'll call it. I'll call them going five. Okay, and one that, I think that's card. a. I think that's a gutsy, gutsy wild card pick, especially over Baltimore, mm-hmm. um, and um, I would say Cincy, who's who are probably two of the other teams that a lot of like con- neutral observers would think are ahead of Indianapolis. I tend to over-index a lot on the quarterback here, and I just believe more in Andrew Luck than um, whatever, like two-headed monsters coming out of Baltimore. And, you know, Andy Dalton, like, he needs A.J. Green. Yeah, and it, I, guess, AJ Green. I guess it all comes down to quarterback play, um, and that will determine a lot of what ends up happening for a lot of these teams. Um, I think the Bengals should make the playoffs, but if A.J. Green doesn't come back, I, I'm definitely going with the Colts. Mm-hmm. And if he comes back, it's close. It's close. I, I, I can't. Yeah, I, I really can't see the Colts going 5-1. and one. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I can see 4-2, and 9-7, and seven and it being close. But um, let's, let's go with the Colts for the wild card. Okay, it, it doesn't sound like it was a huge vote of confidence for the Colts, but yeah, they might they might lose to like the Giants <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, they'll probably lose to like a very suspect team. We'll see. We'll we'll end up seeing what ends up happening um, against this Dolphins team this weekend. So before we get into fantasy to close out the podcast, there's one. There's a couple other things around the NFL that I did want to talk about. I think the one thing that I did want to talk about was. I sent you an article about Condoleezza Rice possibly being interviewed for the, (laughs) mind you, not the GM position of the Cleveland Browns, but the head coaching spot of the Cleveland Browns. And I'm not exactly sure. I read the ESPN story. I'm not exactly sure what to think of it, but I did want to get your thoughts on, on, on that whole situation. Yeah. I mean, the, if any team were to come out and do that, it'd, it'd be the Browns. But, I mean, the Browns denied it pretty pretty adamantly that that was not true. Uh, I just don't know where ESPN is, is getting the sources here. Yeah, I'm not sure who that source would be like. And okay, and we why Condoleezza Rice, right? Like, she has no football experience. Like, I, it, it made no sense at the time. Like, honestly, I, I'm surprised that ESPN would report it. But... I was yeah I mean for ES 
and I think this gets into a whole nother topic of like journalistic ethics and all of that. But if ESPN were comfortable enough, comfortable enough to run it, yeah, they must be confident in whoever that source is to be able to report it in the in the way that they did as like a front page news story on ESPN. Um, like another thing that like I found hilarious about this was like like a lot of my friends were making jokes like do we hire hire Donald Rumsfeld as like <laughs> as like the GM or do we hire like all these Bush cabinet members like George W Bush as like the offensive coordinator or something like that so i found that th- you know the that talk of it really interesting but yeah i i, I don't understand why you would even interview her she has no football experience at all and and granted i think like like it would still be far-fetched but i could see it if she were to like apply for something in the front office like as a gm Hmm. or something like that because that's more management skills as well and i know coaching in the nfl there's a lot of management going on but like you still need to know your x's and o's yeah Okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. Just, ima- just imagine if she was a head coach, like she was on Hard Knocks. Like, what kind of, what kind of like advice would she give the players? It'd be like a lot of rah rah and that kind of thing. But in terms of exes, she better be able to better to clap better than Jason Garrett. Yeah, there'd be no tactics, right? It'd just be like, come on, offensive coordinator, make the right play. Well, defensive yeah, coordinator, make I'm it. Just, I'm just I'm trying gonna, to. I'm gonna look at the clock. Can you right? can you imagine the quarterback room and imagine her sitting down with Baker Mayfield and being like, "Hey, you need to throw the slant here. You need to throw a post." Like, I I just can't even imagine like what that conversation yeah, would be the like. The more I think about it, the more ridiculous this kind of scenario is, and it uh, I I honestly shocked that ESPN would report it. Well, at the and there there's no way. Yeah, there's literally no way. But at this point, at this point like would I be shocked if the Browns did something? I like would that? be shocked. Well, I, I would be very I would shocked be, actually. I would be very shocked, but maybe the Browns have just been like, well, we can't get too much worse, so might as well hire but they can get a lot better. I mean, the, the Browns team is not that bad. Yeah, they have a lot of talent. They just need a, the right coach to direct this team, I feel like. I, th- I feel like if you're if you're a coach looking for like a coaching job, like one of the most enticing I think it's one of the most enticing head coaching opportunities. And if I, you I, 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 it's not the Browns, but the in terms of just talent, the talent on the roster, right? Like Miles Garrett, like Ward Baker, Chubb, right? Mm-hmm. Got some decent weapons in Jarvis, right? Duke Johnson, they're they're fine, but I think in terms of talent, like and their offensive line is good too. Yeah, I'd rather have that job than the Jets' job, right? Yeah, just have no talent on. I mean, not no talent, but right? they don't have as nearly as much talent as what the Browns. And, and yeah, granted, the got Browns Darnold, have. We have Adams, but that's about it. Granted, the Browns have had like a lot of a lot of picks <laughs> over the past couple of years so it yeah. makes sense why they would have a lot of talent but yeah if i'm choosing that a job between the jets and the browns like just like if let's say michael you came to me and and showed me two rosters and you showed me the browns rosters the jets roster and i didn't know anything about 
um, the organizations. team, the organizations, and the way it's structured. And I just looked at the rosters and the talent that was involved. I would just think, I would just think, okay, I'm probably taking the Browns roster over the Jets roster at oh this yeah. point. For sure. So I don't know. I I just found that Condoleezza Rice story hilarious. So there's a lot of memes going around going on on twitter going on and facebook going on like all these reddit um reddit groups and it reddit threads it was really funny uh to witness all of that type of stuff so before we close out was there any other thing any other nfl news that kind of caught your eye um before we moved on and talked about fantasy no i think uh let's get on to fantasy Okay, so Mike. A lot of good news. Yeah, give us your update, fantasy wise. Yeah, so another another strong win for both my teams here. So, <coughs> so I'm riding a few winning streaks right now, three game winning streaks in both my leagues. So been let's a good, go. Let's good go. Three weeks, six total wins over the past three weeks. Um, in one of my leagues, right. The one with the early playoffs, half point PP. Um, no, is it playoffs this week? It's it's playoffs this week, so it's okay. a standard league, right? I got in, I snuck in five and six, right? In uh-huh. the last playoff spot, the five and six record. Uh, beat out like a bunch of other five and six teams, four and seven teams here. But, but yeah, I, I had to do some drastic moves. <coughs> I traded Saquon Barkley. Uh, his, you know, Saquon was like the photo of my team named after Saquon, and I had to trade him. But it was a trade that sort of saved my season. I traded him to the team I was playing that week, um, and he had a bye that week as well. So actually, like... Worked out for you. Yeah, it worked out for me. I got Kareem Hunt in the deal, right? And uh, somehow made the playoffs. So the current decision that I'm sort of thinking about right now is, I mean, Alex Collins is in the running, but... It's really for my flex position, right? I have Amari Cooper. Okay. Alex so you better make this decision soon. Amari <laughs> Cooper, Alex Collins, or Cortland Sutton, right? Because Josh Reynolds and Kareem Hunt are on buys, buys. this week. I think I'm taking Cooper. Yeah, I'm taking Cooper too. Yeah. I think you got to think big Thanksgiving Day game. Like, hopefully he comes through, like, comes through in, in this, like, I don't know, like, I'm open, I'm open for five points here. <laughs> so, over under five points. Basically, Mike's hoping for just over five. Hopefully, he gets 5.1 points or something like that for you um, this week. I'm, I, I'm actually rolling out Amari in both my teams. <laughs> <laughs> so, Amari, please come through for uh, Michael this How week. How do I have Amari? I hate him. I, I do not like Amari Cooper, but I have him in both my leagues. Yeah, yeah. The gift that just keeps on giving. I guess uh, other people in my, my league dislike him even more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, w- did you want to talk about your other league? My other league is rolling. I mean, putting up like 150 per week for the past uh-huh. few weeks. 0.5 PPR. Um, yeah, I mean, I breeze Fournette, Gordon, Melvin Gordon, uh, Cooper, Sanders, Ertz, Brita. I think I'm pretty locked in. I mean, I I could swap out Tyler Lockett with Cooper. Yeah, and he's been consistent for uh for the Seahawks this year. Like he hasn't been getting as many targets in the past couple of weeks, but he feel it feels like he's been always been around 
around the red zone, he's been able to get the touchdown. Yeah, consistent, like, 10.4. Yeah, so that might be the move as well, but... I'm not too worried about this league. Yeah, yeah, so (laughs) it seems like this league, you're not too worried about. I'm going to go all in in Cooper. Yeah. I love him. All right. He he saved my season. Basically pushing the chips into the middle of the table for Michael with Amari Cooper. Um, So for me, fantasy-wise, I've been... I've been killing it this the past couple of weeks. I was able to beat the commissioner, smoked him this week. So take that, Abu. Um, I that was a really fun matchup for me because of all the shenanigans of um, if you guys have been following the podcast, Veto Gate, and all that stuff. So I was able to beat him 132 to 68 this week. 68? Yeah, yeah, it was not a good. He had uh, Carson Wentz, who had 0.84 points for him. He had Dalvin Cook starting, who had minus one points for him. Oh, my God. So that wasn't great. Um, And I had had the Chargers defense, who put up zero points, and Jimmy Graham, that had 1.3 points. But I had Saquon, who went off, Aaron Jones, who went off, Devontae had a pretty good game. Julio Jones had a good game. Roethlisberger, Brandon Cooks. Like, I had a lot of good players coming mm. come in and playing. So I'm in second right now, and I'm hoping to lock up a bye um, for my team. But this week I play um, the third-place team, and he has a pretty sh- uh, strong squad. He has Andrew Luck, T.Y., DeAndre Hopkins, Zeke, James Conner. Wow. Sony Michelle, like he has a that's lot. That's a good. That's a good team. He has a lot of good teams and players on his bench: Juju, Tevin Coleman, Juju, and on the bench. Yeah, Juju, Tevin Coleman, and Matt Ryan on the bench. So he has like a lot of guys. Like, it's. I might even put Tevin in instead of Sony. Yeah, and he has this is and he's in third place, in the, which is pretty crazy. And I'm in a ten-team league, standard scoring. Mm. So, I mean. I think he's gotten a lot of pretty unlucky with the matchups, but this week I'm pretty set in all my positions with Aaron Jones solidifying his position in the Green Bay backfield. I've I'm super comfortable just rolling him out there every single week. It seems like he's getting a lot more consistent work um, and touches in the red zone for him to be able to score. Um, Jimmy Graham got hurt. He hurt his thumb. So I was looking for scouring the waiver wire for a tight end. Was able to pick up Jared Cook. So hopefully he's able to catch a couple passes for Oakland. I mean, getting Jared Cook on the waivers, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, but it's only a 10-team league. So I think that's kind of maybe where that, that comes Yeah, he's like play. the number one option on the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I'm not too worried about that. I think I have a couple questions for you as to who I should choose. Do I take... Do I for my flex position? I have with Brandon Cooks being on a bye. Who am I starting? Do I play Julian Edelman against the New York Jets defense, Lamar Miller against Tennessee, or do I play Deion Lewis against Houston? Oof. Those aren't very good matchups for Edelman. I normally I'd say Lamar Miller here. Um, <laughs> I I don't like the blowout nature of the Edelman game. Right. I and it's standard. Uh, I'm leaning towards Lamar Miller or Deion Lewis and I'm not sure how the Titan uh, not the Titans, but the um the Houston run defense has been. Mm-hmm. Right. But I mean I think I think Deion Lewis 
could be the play because I know Lamar Miller and the uh, Titans defense is not, you know, the run defense is pretty good. Right. I mean, last week they gave up two touchdowns to Adrian Peterson, Houston uh, run defense. So it's just I, a timeshare there. Yeah, I think it's just the timeshare, whereas Lamar Miller is going to get a bulk of the carries there. So I think that's. Mm. That might I'm I'm might I go I have Lamar in a fe- in another league and um I might lean Lamar just based off volume but mm-hmm. it seems like this week you might I mean you might need that home run hit yeah so I'm I'm hoping for that so we'll see what ends up happening I still haven't decided and I still have some time to decide between Lewis and between Lamar Miller probably um. So I might go Lewis here. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a tough, I think it's a tough decision, but I'm extremely happy where I'm sitting at um, right now. And I'm hoping I can lock up that second seed for a buy. So I don't have to worry about fantasy for a week and I can actually enjoy just watching the games um, because it just keeps, keeps the adrenaline and my heart going. Um, Before I wanted to close out the podcast, I did want to talk a a bit about some of the games that interest you this week. Obviously, we have those three Thursday games uh, during Thanksgiving. I know me and you will be tuning into all of those games. Maybe we'll post something on Instagram or or something like that of us like cheering on um, one of those teams. What what's are there any games that intrigue you this this week um, or a game to look out for uh, for the listeners? I think a Falcons-Saints could be an interesting game, but the Saints are going to blow them out. <laughs> uh, I agree. I mean, I think the Dallas-Washington Wa- Dallas game is always probably going to be a fa- fascinating game to yeah. watch. Dallas-Washington looks very interesting. Uh, I think the Steelers-Broncos game here, that could be another interesting one. And I think Packers-Vikings. Packers-Vikings, yeah. I think it's do or die for the the Packers, the Packers probably need both teams there. Yeah, both Packers teams. probably I mean, need to win that game. Loser of that team, I can't imagine. I, mean, I can't imagine. I can't imagine making the playoffs. Yeah, I mean the the Jets have the Patriots, where they'll probably get killed. So not really looking forward to that. But it's at home, so yeah, shot. Yeah, I know a couple of people going to that, and I was like, well, hats off to you for sitting in cold weather yeah. to possibly see the Jets get killed. Um, the Seattle Carolina game has real playoff implications. I yeah, think. that's a sneaky one. I that's think that's like gonna be a sneaky, interesting game between those two teams, um, and seeing who ends up coming out out on top because Seattle's sitting at five and five and Carolina's at six and four. So if Carolina is able to win that game, they open up a two game lead on them in the in the playoff race. So, and it's gonna be really difficult for. Seattle to win five straight after that. So it seems almost like a must win for them um, if they want to keep their playoff hopes alive. So thanks, Mike, for coming back on to the pod. Um, I don't know if you had any parting words before we leave the podcast, but um, I will leave the floor to you. All right. uh, (laughs) No parting words. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Uh, Thanks for listening. And, you know, let's watch some good football. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. So can't wait to enjoy it with family. Get some good Korean barbecue on the East Coast. Yeah. There's no good Korean barbecue in SF. Oh, man. I will be pranked. Not not very good. I mean, it's 
they have small you could eat places they just don't have the variety and like mm-hmm. it's just yeah man like Jungro and <laughs> some of the places in Fort Lee so good so yeah good. so we'll probably be hitting up Korean barbecue while you're on the east coast so um we'll definitely be doing that and maybe we found our new career for opening up a possible Korean restaurant in the SF area. Margins are low, though. <laughs> that is true with that rent. So thanks, guys, for coming in and listening to this um, special podcast on Thanksgiving. And we really hope you guys enjoy it and spend it listening to this podcast, but mo- more importantly, spending it with family having good food during Thanksgiving and just being able to be thankful to watch football. Thanks, guys. Happy Thanksgiving.